Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The Sports Bar with Danger and Vitaglia. Jones has it. Looks to his right. Throws it to the right. Got it. Touchdown. He's got it. Patriots. There he is. Mike Gesicki off the side of a milk cart. Catching the game winner. Buffalo falls to New England 29-25 in a disastrous game here at Gillette Stadium. It's not enough. Uh, we didn't do enough. Um, you know, we didn't put him in position enough and um, didn't play complimentary football. If we knew where the answers were, we wouldn't be in this position. You know, we just got to find a way to get a stop. The biggest thing is missed tackles and uh, execution. You know, Vaughn took six snaps yesterday. I've been punched in the mouth before. You know, our season's not over. Long season. You know, it feels pretty bleak right now, but we're going to figure it out. Mike Danger. Blame Assessment Monday. Gene Battaglia. Who do we blame? Do we blame Josh? Sean McDermott did not have his team ready to go. Good thing we have a, uh, have a Thursday night game coming up, short week. Be able to, uh, to flush this, learn from it. Just got to move on pretty quickly. 95.7 FM and 8. AM 950, The Fan, Rochester. Blame Assessment Monday. Welcome into the sports bar, Danger and Bataglia. Glad you're with us. Appreciate you listening along at 95.7 FM, AM 950, the free to download Odyssey app. And all who are watching on YouTube and Twitch at The Fan Rochester, even on your smart device, when you ask it to play 95.7 The Fan, I'm Mike Danger. That's Gene Bataglia. Blame assessment, or is this just an average team in, in an average NFL? You know, I, I don't know. I want to give credit where due, because when I saw it, I'm like, oh, that's good. Something crossed my feed yesterday after the Bills lost to the Patriots. And when you distill it down and you're assessing blame and you're looking at the totality of the Buffalo Bills through the Sean McDermott era, I can't remember who said it, but they said the great thing or the thing about, not the great thing, the thing about a Sean McDermott coach team is he can take a top five, uh, a bottom five unit to the wild card. He can also take a top five unit to the wild card. And that's where I think we have the issues that we have right now. You look at this team as a whole and just everything about yesterday's game. Yeah. You can pick, pick who you want to blame and, and point a finger at this play, that play, this player, that player. Ultimately it's, it's all really Sean McDermott, especially when you consider how that game ended with his defense, giving up that, that massive drive with, uh, with that time left for, for Mac Jones to kind of work down the field, bad tackling, um, just lack of detail, lack of detail overall. Um, so I, I'm watching this yesterday, Danger, and I'm thinking, wow, they're going to do this again. They're going to win. We're going to feel gross about it. But the offense pulled it out, and hey, they got the two-point conversion. What's the worst-case scenario? Well, New England will tie it up. We're going to go to overtime. Never did it cross my mind. That Mac Jones, you lost to Mac 
Jones, Mac Jones, and Zach Wilson. You beat yourself. I mean, you beat yourself by not tackling Ramondre Stevenson on the long play of that drive. I mean, like there's, there's so many, you know, again, the details matter. Every little detail matters. Every penalty matters. Every, you know, every pressure on the quarterback matters. Every drop matters in there. Their details are just lacking right now. And when you're down 10 nothing, even against a bad team, when you're down 10 nothing before you even take your second offensive snap, that's not a good place to start. That's the definition of shortening a game. Yeah, yeah that's that's exactly it. And you're watching that like like us, and you see Josh throw that interception, and it was eerily similar to the one he threw in New York, was it not? Like same area, the same misread, and you're seeing Josh on the bench by himself with his own thoughts. I'm like, oh, no. It's going to be one of those days. Here we go again. Here we go again. Yeah, look, overall, Josh Allen's number is not bad. Um, You know, the comeback effort was strong. Um, He was just off, just a little off. And again, back to details, just a little off on some of these throws. And, you know, that that one, uh, Steph Diggs would have had a touchdown. Long touchdown, right? Just, just off. You're you're week seven now. You've got to have that timing down. You've got to connect on those deep shots. When you're going to call that deep shot, you're going to go for that deep shot. You need to connect, and they just haven't connected on some of those bigger plays just yet. Yeah, and and people will get on Dawson Knox for the drop, and that was a really bad drop on fourth down. But Josh has to give that maybe a half second earlier, and then Dawson Knox isn't getting drilled. So the timing was a little off. The throws were a little off. And specifically with Josh, and we've seen this throughout the course of this season, bad Josh shows up and you kind of wonder, like, what's going on in his head? What is he thinking? And it really, for me, crystallized after I watched a little bit of the Chiefs and a little bit of the Eagles. I'm like, oh, yeah. That's right. Josh Allen isn't running anymore. They've drilled it into his head not to run. This element of his game that made him so dangerous and that made him, you know, made every play alive is now gone from his game and he's he's messed up about it. You don't see him scrambling and running. You're seeing him scrambling and looking to throw. Like you can still run, Josh. You can we, we just don't want to see you get killed. We don't we want to see you slide. We want to see you preserve yourself. We want to see you get out of bounds. And when you watch Mahomes play, when you watch Jalen Hurts play, you see them take those measures. You see Mahomes get out of bounds. You know, he's going to run when he's got that space in front of him. And that's the one element of his game that you could just tell he's not comfortable doing because of how much they've drilled into his head. Josh, we don't want you to run. We want you to to be a pocket quarterback. And you've basically neutered the stallion. Let him run. Let him run when he needs to run. Be safe, be smart about it, but let him run. Well, that's one slight adjustment, and I just looked it up. You want to take a guess where Josh Allen ranks amongst quarterbacks when it comes to rushing yards? He's still top 10. Sure. He's ninth, but there's guys ahead of him. Daniel Jones wasn't played in a couple games. That isn't very good. Josh Dobbs, Justin Fields. A lot of quarterbacks here at Danger that they're getting yardage just because there's no other option. But uh, number one, Lamar Jackson. Number two, Jalen Hurts. Mahomes is fifth. Sure. Yeah. So your best quarterbacks. Should be top five. Yeah. Your best quarterbacks in this league also run. Should be top five. And you shouldn't be afraid to run. But you could just tell. It's been drilled into his head. Don't run. Don't run. Don't run. And I think it's messing with him. And I think it's messing with this offense. And I think 
A lot, a lot is put on Josh Allen. This was not his best game. It was certainly, in my opinion, the worst game of the season for the Bills' offensive line. Not physical and sloppy. Sure, I, I, I would say that, and the linebackers for Buffalo too. Oh, it's not a good day. Whoa, Dorian Williams getting yeah. yanked, and uh, again, like you know, you're talking about a rookie here. Are you are you doing damage by yo-yoing this guy? You're in, you're out. You're in, you're out. Like you're seeing some things that we're probably not seeing. If you're Sean McDermott, that make you feel more comfortable going to the guy you trust. Or I mean, are we assuming it wasn't? A an injury was actually just the coach's decision on that. I think he was asked about it in the post game, yeah. and he just mentioned that he saw some things he wanted to clean up, so he put Dodson in there. But he still has confidence in Dorian Williams. All right, if he has confidence in Dorian Williams, my question that would be: well, Does Dorian Williams yeah. have confidence in himself? Yeah, you have confidence in him. Does he feel confident sitting on the bench? We've got a great show lined up for you this afternoon, and we will talk plenty of Bills, Patriots on a blame assessment Monday. Here's what's on tap at Three Heads Brewing. And by the way, a big thank you to everybody who stopped out to Three Heads for Friday Football Talk Live on Friday. It's just a gift. Every time we're there, I'm like, God, we're lucky to be able to do this. This is so much fun. Uh, we love our, our home away from home there, Three Heads Brewing on Atlantic Avenue. Check out the Mexican Dark Lager. Enjoy this traditional Vienna-style lager. Enjoyed south and north of the border. Get yours at Three Heads Brewing on Atlantic Avenue today. Yeah, we'll talk to Ryan Talbot, NewYorkUpstate.com, who I'm sure will have his thoughts on what uh, happened. And also, we really can't <laughs> waste any time here. We already have to look ahead to the Buccaneers. That's coming up Thursday night. So uh, as the Bills turn the page, we will too. Ryan Talbot coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. Later this hour from 13 Wham Sports at BuffaloPlus.com. Dan Fates will be stopping by the sports bar. Yeah, more Bills talk with Dan and uh, I don't know. Do we bring up the Braves at all with Dan? Do we <laughs> yeah, want to venture down that I know, road? I know you will. I won't, but you will. Well, we'll get his thoughts. Yeah. It is a game six, and we have a game seven tonight in baseball, too. It's so. a great night of sports ahead yeah. of us, man. Sneaky good. You've got uh, a potential uh, series clinching win in the National League. You've got the ALCS game seven. You've got a Sabres game tonight mm-hmm. at Key Hank. Oh, and... <clears throat> We got Mike Danger sweating in me. No, oh, no, and hold everybody else. Everybody else that's oh, I, come on. Seattle was the pick. We relax, and of course, I had a text Danger yesterday. Also. I I want you all to find something in your life that you love as much as Gene Battaglia loves his Survivor football picks. He loves these picks more than anything. So tomorrow at 4 o'clock, we'll get our week 8 pick. Yes, Gene has survived. He picked Seattle to to beat Arizona. And so he's on to week 8. I took San Francisco. I just like the pick better. You should be okay tonight. I should be okay tonight. McCaffrey is expected to play. Uh, No Trent Williams makes me a little bit nervous, but it is Minnesota. Their defense isn't very good. We broke a rule here. This is a road game for San Francisco. I broke a rule with the divisional game. So now, guess what? It's <laughs> now late it's October. Real, it's rule breaking yeah, season. It's rule breaking season. We have buys. We have teams we can't use. Yeah. Um, and it's going to get more complicated. There's a teaser for tomorrow, but have no fear. We will guide you right through. Okay. Uh, and we'll have some fantasy football talk through the course of the week as well. I, I know we're abbreviated on Thursday, but Andy Barron from Yahoo Fantasy will stop by later this week and we'll get some winners for uh, college football and uh, week eight in the NFL as well. 
uh, Wednesday when PJ Glasser of BeckQL send it in stops by the sports bar. So we've got a full week. We've got a full show uh, lined up for you here this afternoon as well. You can join us on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line 866-4FAN-585-866-4326. Award-winning barbecue from Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub at the new location, 135 West Commercial Street in ER, goodsmokebbq.com. Ricky Henderson played for the Padres for a little bit, so I, I, I've used the Allen Wiggins line before. Our, our leadoff hitter here from San Diego, Tim from San Diego, just like Ricky Henderson. What's up, buddy? Yeah, there you go. Even though I'm very I'm the uh, anti, I'm the uh, not the equivalent of Ricky Henderson when it comes to speed, obviously. But, no, um, not at all. No, no. Thanks, Gene. I appreciate that. Um, it was just an ugly game. I mean, UGLY, the Bills have no alibi. You know, from Wildcats, if you remember that. Um, but it was just <laughs> ugly. Ugly, ugly. I mean, and then you see the video of Vaughn limping a little bit yesterday. That's not, that's a little bit of cause of concern. Where was Gabe Davis? Is, is there a Gabe Davis starting in, in New England yesterday? I mean, he only had one catch for, I think, six yards. Uh, really not, you know, making a case for being a legit number two, even though Danger, you probably still think he's a number two. Um, you know, the McDermott Dorsey coaching combo, if I were to give it a vote of confidence, it would be no confidence right now. I, I'm beginning, to, my confidence is beginning to wane. Uh, with this with this combination, and you know, you mentioned the O line. Cyrus oh, Cyrus Torrance looked like a rookie yesterday. Um, and these trade rumors you keep hearing about Saquon Barkley coming Buffalo. It's like why they need a cornerback, and it was very evident yesterday. So, just overall, just a really bad another bad loss in, in the Dermot tenure, and that puts more pressure later in the season. And you go from a team that had expectations of possibly making it you know deep run in the playoffs and maybe a Super Bowl to now a team that might not even make the playoffs. You're the first one to say that, Tim. We say it, we're, we have to say that out loud right now. It is not a yeah. given this team gets to the postseason. No, not at all. No, I, I mean, look, it was one of my preseason predictions. Like, I think the Bills are probably a, a 10-win team. And I think that last game of the season, Week 18, in Miami is probably for the division and probably for a, a a postseason berth, and it'll come down to that game between those two teams to see who from the East will make the postseason. And and seeing seeing Philadelphia dismantle Miami, it's like, damn it! All they needed to do was beat New Something England. Beat New England. All they were needed to do. life, yeah. Yeah, all they needed to do, and they couldn't get over on New England. I mean, Philly did their part, and the Bills fell flat on their face. Tim, appreciate the phone call as as always, buddy. Take uh, take care and hang in there. Five eight five eight six six four fan eight six six four three two six is our phone number. Um, the batting line it, it, is the public really so into the Bills with the offense here. This is just weird. I would have figured okay, it's Bills by a small number. Tampa Bay is getting seven and a half. Sounds about right. Really, I just think that. When I'm looking at the Bills and their opponents, I mean, there are games when you look at it, the schedule here. I, I can tell you right now, and I've picked the Bills every week so far because I really believe that every week the Bills have played an, uh, an inferior opponent. I'm not going to pick the Bills against Philadelphia. I'm not going to pick the Bills against Cincinnati. I'm not going to pick the Bills uh, against um, Kansas City. They're just, Chargers. You should beat the Chargers. I'm going to pick the Bills over the Chargers. You should beat the Chargers. I'm not going to say the Cowboys, that's a layup either. I'm not going to say that one could be tough. Yeah. That, that one could be tough, right? Like, so knowing that they are where they are right now, as many, as many losses so far this season as they had all of last year, I think it was unrealistic to think they were going to be that team last year's team again this year, even though they brought back a lot of guys. 
this is probably a 10-win team. And God, Maggie brought it up last week. Maggie Gray from Maggie and Perloff. And, and it, I can't shake it from my mind. The idea that 13 seconds was was indeed the, the peak. It's another way of saying the window is closing or the window has closed. But that game was as good as it was going to get for us during this era. Right. That game when on the other side of the bracket, Brady was out, Rodgers was out. You would have to face the Rams. You were going back home to face Cincinnati. Who knows how? It's a it's a big what if. But I'm going to put a little positivity there because, yes, that's true. And it's haunting. It is haunting how Maggie said that, that 13 seconds might be the best look that this current cast had. But does anybody remember what came before 13 seconds? I do. How about the Colts mowing you over? Sure. How about the win game? How about going down to Tampa and losing a terrible game? You were in second place the day after Christmas. It was the last two games that the Buffalo Bills needed to win in order to win the division. So it's not unusual for this team to kind of be in a position where, oh, maybe we're not going to be the division winner. And then somehow they hit the switch. Yeah, they they hit the switch. And since that point, we've elevated in our minds that, okay, now this is a team ready uh, to, to win a Super Bowl. Maybe 13 seconds has put us in that kind of mind space where, Boy, anything less than a Super Bowl in this team, it, at least that's where my mindset is. They're back where they were, though, during that era of Bills football where they're not winning the one-score games. They're either blowing opponents out or they're losing one-score games. And that was that was tough. Remember that? I mean, mm-hmm. they didn't really crack that until last season. Last season, they started winning those one-score games to beat Baltimore, but I think it was the first one where they were like, oh, they won a one-score game. What does that feel like? Not only that, Masterstroke picked the right score, which... Gosh, everything happened. The world has changed yeah. since then. I mean, I think that's what it was. But they're, um, yeah, they're they're not on paper uh, a bad team. There's there are some things that need to be worked out. There are some details that need to be sussed out. Uh, Josh Allen, you know, and the turnovers is an issue. Uh, Ken Dorsey and some of the play calling, sure. The 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 just overall lack of sense of urgency out of the offense and you see it on display now consistently. Yeah, that's that's something that needs to be addressed. Sean McDermott's defense. I mean, we've been saying all season long, bend but don't break defense. I'm done with that. I want a don't bend defense moving forward. Like that's that's the defense you want. A defense that isn't even going to bend. But there's just not enough talent there to to expect that from this defense. This defense is going to have to fight to be a top 10 defense. They're going to have to fight to be that. And offensively, if you're not scoring 30 points a game, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a dogfight. And uh, it, it's hard to it's hard to call, climb out of those holes, even, even against uh, an inferior opponent. On paper, the New England Patriots are an inferior opponent. You, you spotted them 10 points early, and, and that proved to be too big a hole to, to climb out from. It's too bad. Lost to Belichick. Yeah. Yeah, and and God, something else just kind of passed through my feet. I didn't dig too deep into it. Did you see the 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 report on his contract being released or somebody leaking the some- Well, that came across on, on Sunday that in and it's funny how gosh, if we're talking about it here, I would think they're talking about it out in Boston and everywhere else. Like, what's the future of Bill Belichick? 
And <laughs> the idea that he got an extension, none of us knew about it and whatever. And of course, that's going to come with some sort of raise or whatever it is. And that's where we're like, oh, well, maybe this is the reason. Maybe they're tanking. Maybe he's got some extra security. That was kind of the conversation. I why didn't we find out about it? Because it's Belichick. He's not going to tell you. Right. Or or is it going to become public when it needs to become public? If you're Bill Belichick and you hear the whispers and you hear people questioning whether or not you belong, whether or not you should be the guy for that job, do you tell the insider? Do you tell one of your media goombas? Yeah, I don't know where all this is coming from. You would do it better. Yeah, I don't know where this is coming from, but I signed a long-term extension in the offseason. No, he, he was asked about it. Um, like, well, I don't want to talk about talk about the Buffalo game. Well, yeah. that's an interesting theory that it was actually he who put that out. You think you can get rid of me that easy? I'm not going anywhere. Well, I would think that well-run NFL organizations would eat contracts and that, that that would be like there are so many years. The idea maybe that, it's a reminder. Maybe it's a reminder. Well, oh, if you want to get rid of me, you're going to pay me because I'm not retiring and I'm not quitting. That's true too. Or we can talk about a buyout here or something like that. You know, bad organization, the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We we're we still have these years left on McDaniels. We're not gonna make a move. Now, who does that? Bad organizations, good organizations will move on. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get to Dan Fates, 13 Wham Sports, BuffaloPlus.com. We will get his takes. On yesterday's loss from Foxborough, Dan Fates joins us next in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia, the fan Rochester, jump into the NBA action this season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Mike Danger for FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 95.7 The Fan. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers get three months of NBA League Pass, courtesy of FanDuel, when they place a $5 bet on the NBA. That way, you can watch all the action this week as you bet on everything from point spreads to player props, Best of all, you'll get paid your winnings instantly. So don't miss your chance to get $200 in bonus bets plus three months of NBA League Pass. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Mike, M-I-K-E, and tip off the NFL at the NBA season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA, 21 plus and physically present in New York. New customer offer. First online real money wager only. Refund issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days. All, uh, all customer offer, $5 NBA wager required. Limit one pass per customer across both offers. Restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See full terms for both offers at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. For help with a gambling problem, call one 877 hope or text HOPE-NY-467-369. NBA League Pass. Local blackout restrictions apply. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Fan Rochester Sports Update. Bills open as a seven and a half point favorite against the Buccaneers coming up on Thursday. The task here, put it behind you. Dawson Knox is ready to do that. If we knew where the answers were, we wouldn't be in this position. So we're just going to get the film. Again, it's a short week. Um, just got to move on pretty quickly. Um, anytime you got a tough game like that, being able to move forward quickly, being able to get that taste out of your mouth, um, it's always a good thing. So we're definitely going to be looking forward to getting on the field Thursday night. 13 Wham's Dan Fates will join us next in the sports bar. We'll talk some Buffalo Bills football. It's a busy night in sports. We've got Sabres hockey tonight. Montreal is the opponent. 7 o'clock for the coverage here on the Sports Leader. Game 6, Arizona at Philadelphia. That'll start a little after 5 o'clock. We also have a Game 7 tonight. The Astros and the Rangers. Gene Bataglin, the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan Rochester. The beer is cold and the wings are hot. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. This is a long season. Um, This is a very long season. Four and three, maybe not where we wanted to be um, at the beginning of the year, but we got a short week this week um, and the games are going to keep coming. No reason to sulk into this one and turn one loss into two. Um, you know, we'll hand it on the plane, watch the tape on the plane, and tomorrow we're on to uh, the Tampa Bay. So uh, this, is, this is a long season. Um, and just make sure that you don't want to turn one loss into two losses, especially on a short week. Buffalo Bill safety Jordan Poyer. A nice little punch out late in that game uh, last night, or yesterday afternoon, I should say, in Foxborough. Uh, as the Bills fall to the Patriots, Dan Fates, 13 Wham Sports, and BuffaloPlus.com joining us now in the sports bar. And Dan, to Poyer's point, I mean, it is a long season. There are some warts on this team, but, uh, you know, it, are we are we right in panicking at this point? Are we, are we putting too much into what we've seen out of this Bills team through seven weeks? Uh, thanks for having me on, as always, guys. And no, I think it's, I think it's appropriate to panic. I went to bed last night. Um, wanting to feel better and hoping that I would feel differently about the Bills offense. And I woke up feeling just as concerned and just as confused as to where the direction of this team is going. I know a lot of people like to say, oh, it was one play or it was one thing. And hey, if you, you know, if this didn't happen, then everything would be fine. And we look at things differently. It's not. They played seven games. They played four bad offensive performances. That is more than half of their season. So in my eyes, and I was just listening to you guys opening segment, it was great. But Danger, you talked about, you know, they're not a bad team. Well, Bill Parcells says you are what your record is. And they're not a good team. They're not playing like a good team. I know they have injuries on the defense. I still have more faith, honestly, that this defense will be a top-ten defense at the end of the day when they get Ed Oliver back 
and maybe Von Miller returns to his status. But to me, there is just no adjustment. Everything that we were concerned about offensively last year, the way that it ended, has been amplified through seven games this season. And this is now not Ken Dorsey's trial run. This is now what, he, what this team is. And what, what it is is it's just not a very good football team. Well, it, I, I don't know where to start here with the offense. Cause <laughs> I mean, you could pick anything, Josh, the offensive line. I'm actually going to go with the receivers here. And I guess is what it receivers? Well, right. Like not, they're not getting open. Or at least you're not seeing separation. Wasn't that the whole idea of bringing in Sherfield and Hardy? So I guess is it more that, hey, you really don't have the personnel to do what you, what you need to do here. And we overvalue. Yeah. Or 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 yeah, is it? Or, or are we going back to Dorsey on the play design here? Yeah, I just think it's play design. Like I, and I was thinking about it again, and I tweeted out today. Like the Bills' offense is boring. It's a boring offense, guys. Like there is no creativity. There is no fun. There is no plays where you went, "Wow, that was cool!" Right? Like I know sometimes the Chiefs get a little too cute with it. Maybe even Miami, but they have fun and they're creative. And you go, "Whoa, that was cool." or whoa, look at that end around or that misdirection or, or you watch plays and they go to the replay and you go, that defender had no chance because he was put in a no win situation. I even looked and watched Dan Orlovsky break down the Patriots game winning touchdown to Mike Gusecki. Phenomenal play design. The way they lined up, they dictated what the bills had to do. When have we said the bills offense has dictated a defense? When, when have we said that? The one play I can think of all season long was the Hardy touchdown against the Giants, where I said, that was cool. Yeah. That was a great play design. And this, it's so annoying when people think like, well, just get open. Nobody's open. I'm fourth and two on the ball that Dawson Knox should have caught. Good hit, should have caught the ball, forced a turnover in the fourth quarter. That's a fourth and two play where nobody's open. Nobody's open. It's, it's two yards. You need to have your best play and nobody's open. And so Josh stays in the pocket, tries to find something. It turns into backyard football. Dawson Knox can't hang on to the ball. That's a bad play design by Ken Dorsey. Like, somebody's got to be open. And I took a screenshot. There's three guys within two yards, and then there's nobody else. Where is the other option? And it, it, it's just so frustrating when you say, you guys just got to get open. Do you think that Cooper Cup just every single time just goes, I'm going to get open? No, his, his offensive coordinator, Sean McVay, Puka Nakua, do you think he just always is – Winning his individual battle? No, he's being drawn and schemed and designed open. Like, what, I, I just don't get why, uh, like, it's just infuriating to me because I just see this offense as what we saw last year. Third and hope Josh turns into Superman. And it's just not sustainable. So, Dan, just on that Josh point that you just made, because I, I do think that there is something to his play this year that is different than last year, and that's just he's not running the football. Like, they've gotten into his head, and they've told him to stay in the pocket or at least navigate the pocket and not run because self-preservation is key, apparently, when, mm-hmm. when you're a franchise quarterback. Yet you watch a Mahomes or you watch a Jalen Hurts, and you see them when they evade tacklers in the pocket. They, they go and they make plays with their legs. They they get out of bounds or they they slide they don't take the extra hits that i know they're trying to get josh to avoid but is that part of the mental element of josh's game that's missing here too because you know yes you don't want him to you don't want it to be third and and have josh play hero ball third down and and forever where josh is playing hero ball but that element where he's being constantly pressured and not running with it enforcing things that aren't there has to be part of this 
I listened to, you know, Brian Dable last week, from the, you know, and he talked about how he can run it and he can throw it. And you hear, I remember listening to Wink Martindale when he was with the Ravens, just being like, he's a, you know, this guy's a freak. Like, you just can't take any, you know, you take one thing away, he uses the other thing. And I get it. And I agree, guys. Josh Allen should run the ball less, should protect himself. That was the talk this offseason, right? And to an extent, I agree. The problem is, is there's no backup plan. How are you going to an account for all that that brings to an offense? So you are now taking Josh Allen and tying both of his legs behind his back. And defenses now know, guess what, guys? Looked at some numbers today, tweeted it out, not like tough to track. It wasn't like I spent hours. Josh Allen in his career averages about 6.8 rushing attempts per game over his career. He is averaging 4.1 this year. Teams know that. We don't got to worry about Josh running. He's just not going to do it. So we sit there, and again, I was the guy last year saying, hey, you got to take the, the short throws underneath. You got to do these things. You got to take the cheese. Don't put the ball in harm's way. But you also have to take some shots. And this offense has become so predictable. And Dalton Kincaid in three-yard routes, he had a great game. I think that's really good. But you're not scaring any defenses. And defenses, to your point, Danger, we talked about bend but don't break eventually the Bills will shoot themselves in the foot with a holding call or a full start or an illegal shift, and they'll go backwards, and then they're in third and 12, and they're in trouble. And that, that's how this Bills offense is. The reason that, like, uh, it's so great they have these eight-minute drives and 13, 14-play drives, it's not sustainable, guys. You have to have some chunk plays. You have to have defenses respect you. And right now they can sit, they can take away some of the run, they know they're going to run it on second and two and play everything in front of them. You've taken away, you know, one of the things that makes Josh Allen, Josh Allen, his legs. 13 whims, uh, Dan Fates, also Buffalo Plus. And uh, I'm so negative today, guys. Well, look, look, you're negative because you lost one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, Dan, despite all those problems on offense, you took the lead under two minutes to go. And naive, foolish me, right? This happens. I'm thinking, okay, that's good. They got the two-point conversion because what's the worst-case scenario? We're going to go to overtime. Never did it cross my mind that Mac Jones, and granted, it was a big run by Stevenson. What does it say about the state of the Bills' defense that that happened at the end of the game? And I guess we'll kind of start with wasn't exactly a pass rush out there on that drive or really any drive uh, during the game yesterday. No, and it's frustrating to me because I understand, like, I get it. There are injuries. You're missing Milano. You're missing Trey White. Um, you're missing Daquan Jones. Like, I get it. You still just got to get a stop. And, like, Micah Hyde kind of said that after the game. But it's frustrating to me where I think they got out-schemed. Like, this is where they got out-coached. And that's kind of baffling to me because this is not a good Patriots team. And yesterday should have been the time to kick the Patriots when they were down, to rub salt in their wounds, and to get payback for two decades of them dominating you. And I don't care what they want to say is it's Bill O'Brien and it's Belichick and they still get paid on the other side of the ball. That team stinks. That's a bad football team. And you had them, you had them at their 25-yard line with under two minutes to go, and you were prevented yourself from winning. Uh, there's no other way around it poor tackling, all these things. Um, it just doesn't make sense how the Patriots' offense was more creative and seemed to catch the Bills' defense more off guard than it was the other way around. 
And it's, it's so frustrating when it, you know, people are like, oh, they play down to their opponent. They just let other teams dictate the play. We, we saw the Giants kind of pretty much move the ball up and down the field whenever they want. And New England was able to do that again. So it, it's concerning because I think that it, it's poor game plan coming, coming in, um, as well as, you know, yeah, I'll be honest, injuries are something. But make a stop. We got uh, some news here. Breaking news, Andrew. You want the sounder? Though? Oh, breaking news! Yeah, yeah of course. Ow. Yeah. Ow. Ow. It really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. All right. So, Dan, your reaction to this? Uh, Tennessee uh, just traded All Pro defensive back Kevin Byard to Philadelphia, and the Eagles are sending uh, a twenty twenty four fifth and a sixth rounder. So. The, look, I, th- I think the Bills, if they're really going to be contenders, I know Bills fans want, you know, and I didn't think there was going to be this many sellers, but apparently Tennessee wants to be a seller. And, you know, what should yeah. we expect? Because we're only eight days away here from the trade deadline. Yeah, if there is a move, I think it's I think it's on the defensive side of the ball. And, and partly it's because, you know, I've never been super high on Ken Dorsey. That's something new. Um but for everybody that says, go get this guy, you know, go get this wide receiver, go get Devontae Adams, go get Hunter Renfro. Why? And I'm not trying to, guys, I'm not trying to be like a Debbie Downer here. Like I'm trying to be honest. I'm just looking at it objectively by saying last year you signed Naeem Hines and he played what? Eight offensive snaps. And we kept hearing, well, we just couldn't get him up to speed. It's tough to do that. You then got Trent Sherfield and Deontay Hardy and you had all off season. And Sean McDermott last week on Wednesday was like, Hey guys, we got to figure out what we're doing. So where is my belief that if you bring somebody like that in or a running back, let's say in the crazy world, you get Saquon Barkley, where do I have any confidence that you're going to be able to integrate him and know how to use him in the middle of the season? Because you had all off season with Trent Sherfield and Deontay Hardy, and they can't seem to find their way onto the field as well as finding what Gabe Davis can really do on this offense. Like it's, it's understanding that like, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get what this offense is. A few weeks ago, they had won three games in a row. They were Josh Allen under center. They were play action. They were really good. And now they've just completely abandoned it. And it's a whole lot of second down shotgun draw plays for whatever reason. I'll, um, I'll try to, to give you a bright spot, Dan. You mentioned him, and I know that, that you know you talk about, and I'm with you on the Niam Hines, and, and I think we were saying it all offseason. When they drafted Dalton Kincaid, I remember thinking, you know, what makes you believe that the Buffalo Bills will utilize this kid to his strengths? Because we all see him as a great pass catcher, yeah. and everybody said he's not a tight end. He's a playmaker. He's a pass catcher. You could use him in the yeah. slot. You know, all of the things that we heard about Dalton Kincaid. Well, yesterday... Well, at least he had his best day as a pro. It yep. wasn't deep downfield, but eight catches, 75 yards. He did get open, uh, yep. and Allen was able to find him. Do you think that that's a glimpse of maybe a, a scratching of the surface of what we could see out of the first-round pick? Yeah, yeah it, it's just so interesting because they've had so much um, success running the ball out of 12 personnel than what we all thought they would. And it, it, it's really because they're not – teams to some respects aren't really respecting Kincaid as a blocker. So like if he can turn into a uh, average NFL blocker, now all of a sudden you got versatility. Like Travis Kelsey doesn't block a ton, barely ever, but he can put his body in the way of people. Dalton Kincaid's got to add that to his game. Um, it was something that Dawson Knox worked on, but if you can add that so that defenses have to keep honest that, Hey, maybe Kincaid, this could be a run play as well. I think it'll help things out. But right now, yeah, I, I think, 
it's a little bit of a lofty expectation that he could be this Cole Beasley-esque guy right now, but right now he's become a safety valve because nobody else has been able to get open besides Stephon Diggs. And especially as we've seen it in the playoffs and we know that New England does it, they take away your number one option. That is what the Bills or the Patriots have done all this year. They are a horrendous team, but they have taken away number one wide receivers. So somebody needed to step up yesterday. I thought it would have been Gabe Davis. It's not, it wasn't. It was Dalton Kincaid. And you start to see the feel. He looks, he, I mean, I saw it in a trading camp. Incredible catching the football. Such a natural pass catcher. Unlike, say, a Dawson Knox, but you still have to evolve his game and, and create a bigger route tree because, again, three-yard catches, four-yard catches doesn't really instill tons of fear in opposing defense. Dan, uh, Thursday night, we got a game here. And I guess uh, part one of the question is, is a good thing for the Buffalo Bills just to kind of get out there? But it's yeah. an opponent that, I don't know, like nothing is a given anymore. And uh, just the Uncle Dan standpoint here, because I brought up the danger earlier in the show. I'm like, wait a second. That just seems like too many points. Tampa wait, Bay. Tonight. Yeah. So is, are, are, is that just the public just thinking that the Bills offense is still, hey, show up yeah. and we're going to roll people? That, that's how I see it, because a lot of people will still look at the numbers, still look at DVOA, still look at offensive success rate, which I don't understand what any of those numbers are, hand up to be honest with you. I don't know what any of those things mean. I know the Bills are pretty good at all of those things, but what I can also tell you is that the Bills had seven points in the fourth quarter against Jacksonville, and they finished with 20-something. I can tell you they finished with 14 points, and you got the win against the Giants, but you were shut out into the fourth quarter. And I can tell you that you had 10 points against New England, who allowed 30-something points to the Saints. Like, but people see the end result. And it was, I tweeted out earlier this week, last week, was the fact of three games the Bills were really good. They were really good against Washington, against Las Vegas, and against Miami, when everything went right. The other three games, they've been really bad. Those, previous, those other games against um, the Giants, the Jags, and the Jets, 16 points per game. But you look at it and go, hey, they're like 20, they scored 27 points a game. Well, when you score 48, like it kind of skews the numbers. I think the public sees the end total. They see, hey, the Bills still scored 25 points against New England. It was a fluky loss. I think the the, the public still loves the Bills. Um, I just don't think they're seven and a half points better than many teams right now. Again, all of this can change. I'm talking to you guys about how boring their offense is and how broken they feel. It's a week-to-week league. They still have Josh Allen. And I think that's the most frustrating thing to me is that we can sit here and critique this offense and say, well, you know, this is against them and this is against them. You have Josh freaking Allen. And like, he's really, really good. And that 30 other offensive coordinators would probably love to have him over the guy they have. So you can still put it together. You still have Josh Allen. But right now, things just seem, as Josh said, very bleak. And I'm sorry to rain on everybody's Monday parade. Big eye test guy, Dan Fates. Throwing the analytics out the window. No DVOA here. We know what our eyes tell us. You're an eye test guy. We respect (laughs) that, Dan. That's great. Yeah. I I just, again, it it goes back to when I made the the graphic, I go, I did points, yards, turnovers, things I can understand. (laughs) I don't know how to, it's like when it's a hard hit ball rate. What's that? What's the one? The, the for baseball, it's like expected batting average off balls. I, I don't know. Like the, the ERA off expected. I, I don't understand those things completely. I understand earned runs allowed. I understand yards. I understand points. So, again, the Bills can turn it around. They've shown it in the past. Like, like Gene said, um, for something to me personally, it just, feels, it just feels a little different. 
Yeah, and it's or a little earlier too here. This is happening in October where we've had those lulls later in the season. Dan, are you in favor of actually reseeding in the baseball playoffs? So if we get an NLCS that kind of feels like uh, the NLCS, I had to bring it up somehow to you, Bun. Yeah, again, I think it's funny. Like you know, the, obviously, um, I told you on this show. I said I didn't. Want, I worried about the Phillies. Yeah, and I was right. Like they they got hot, and they're a team that just when, especially in the playoffs, they can just swing for the fences. And the Braves didn't. They got hot, but I, I don't think you all of a sudden change anything. It's still an advantage to not have to play in the wild card round. I, I, I don't understand how much more you can really do. The better team has won these series. That, that's the bottom line. Um, and again, I don't think because you dropped back-to-back series to the Phillies and the NLDS, all of a sudden you blow up what the Braves are going to do. So we'll see. I, I can understand seeding. I think it's easy for the Dodgers and Braves and their fans to say, this isn't fair, all these things. Play better. Bottom line: Dan, Don't throw don't don't throw meatballs to Bryce Harper in uh, in October. You said something there that is interesting to me. Do you really think that it is an advantage to stay out of the wild card round when you consider how much of a grind, how much of a routine these teams go into, and the idea that you have to shut it down for basically a week before you pick it back up again? I guess the only thing I could think of was if you make the wild card game one game again. If you if you make it one, you know, and like that's kind of tough for one of the divisions. You know, that, that you'd have to play that? I, I don't know. Because that's the only thing I can think of where you don't have to shut them down for, um, for a week. But look, the Braves tried last year to do nothing. They tried this year to simulate it with fans and scrimmages and all these things. I don't know. Play better. Max Scherzer going in Game 7 tonight. They couldn't come up with a better option there, Dan? That's just a twist of knife in your back. So that <laughs> he shoves tonight, you guys are going to laugh. <laughs> No, no. Max Scherzer will like implode, and I will sit back and I will. It's evil smile. Mets fan over here, just wishing pain and agony on his former. Uh, his well, former. All ace. right, all right. D- Dan, are you not rooting for the Diamondbacks? Uh, where are your loyalties there? Oh, I couldn't root against the Phillies any harder. I couldn't. I wish. I. It, I it's going to be hard to watch that game because that place is electric. All of those things. Um, I would. It would, I just wish the Phillies would implode here and blow game six and seven in their bullpen because I think Rob Thompson got away with a bunch of stuff in the Brave series with just awful pitching decisions and the bullpen, and he paid for it in games four and five, pretty or games three and four, bringing in Kimbrell in just horrendous situations. I would love to see the Philly bullpen be the Philly bullpen we all know and love, but the way that Bryce Harper is, you know, just the epitome of a big game player. Like you're watching greatness when when he plays in the postseason. Um, yeah. I, again, I love all the antics. I've been a Bryce Harper fan since he was 16 years old and things like that. I don't love the throat slash, if I'm being completely honest. I don't think that's an old man take, but he owns the Braves in the postseason. As of right now, though, Orlando Arcia still has one more uh, World Series ring than him. So we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, Dan, uh, short week for you, Mike, and uh, Jenna. What's yeah. going on at BuffaloPlus.com and 13 Women Sports this week as we get ready for Thursday night? Mike and Jenna just got back from Foxborough. They have their 10 takeaways from the game. Uh, it's already done like 25,000 views. It's a little therapeutic. It's a little hot takes. It's a good video. Um, they will also be back up at Buffalo tomorrow for the media day as they practice. And then the bills are off Wednesday. And then we are back to work, uh, back up in Buffalo on Thursday, guys. Yeah, up in Thursday. And you know what? We get a Sunday to do yard work or whatever it is. <laughs> Go get a pumpkin. Uh, Dan, appreciate yeah. you. We'll see you Thursday then. 
As always, guys, take care. There Thanks. he is. 13 Wham Sports and BuffaloPlus.com's Dan Fates uh, sharing some thoughts from yesterday's loss in Foxborough. The Bills falling to the New England Patriots. I don't know what you're talking about. I got my pumpkins this weekend. Pumpkins carved. Pumpkins ready to go. Halloween coming up uh, just a few, just just over a week from now. I'm ready. Are you still uh, the girls still carve pumpkins. Still yeah. carve pumpkins. Uh, right. Traditions don't die All in right. our house, buddy. No way. We're carving pumpkins. In fact, they, the pumpkin seed roasting was going on late last night. We were. We oh, were pumpkin seeds are mm, yeah, way like, late. Yeah. So I do a little uh, like an Italian herb. The pumpkin seeds taste like pizza on one. I did an everything bagel pumpkin seed batch. I did scorch a batch of uh, sugar and uh, cinnamon. That that didn't turn out. So well. it's a variation on your seafood take. You like the seasoning or you oh, like whatever. You nobody likes yet. pumpkin seeds. You like the the you seasoning. You like the butter, the salt. Yeah, you like the yeah. salt and pepper, or you like the you know whatever you're sprinkling on it. Of course, it's just a vessel for the thing you really want, which is more more salt, more <laughs> cholesterol, whatever it might be. Absolutely. Uh, appreciate Dan Fate stopping by. Uh, we'll talk more Buffalo Bills. Next hour, Ryan Talbot from NewYorkUpstate.com stops by with his thoughts. The Bills loss uh, in Foxborough. We've got some takes on tap next in the sports bar. Yeah, so I went to the AFC standings and like, oh boy, <laughs> this is the reality. And when you look at these standings, I think it's also an indicator of really why you have to temper your expectations for next week. I'll explain. Also, proof that the Patriot way, yes. They won the game, but did you ever hear players run in their mouth after a game? Um, I don't know if it qualifies as running their mouth, but this is interesting. Uh, what came out of the uh, Patriots locker room following their victory yesterday? I'm. Uh, I, you might not know this about me. I can be a bit cynical. Kind of. Have, yeah, you're kidding. Just I hope you're sitting down. Um, I have a, a conspiracy theory. It's been rattling around in my brain for the last couple of weeks. And I've been trying to figure out what exactly is going on here. I think I understand what's going on here. I'm going to share why I believe there's a player in the NFL who is lying about his injury. Ah. We'll get to that and more when we share some takes on tap next in the sports bar with I'll drink to that. If you want to jump on in, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a, a call, pull up a stool. Join us on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line at 866-4-FAN, 866-4326, award-winning barbecue from Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub. The new location, 135 West Commercial Street in East Rochester, goodsmokebbq.com. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 